Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey everybody, welcome to Marriage of Martinis. I'm Adam, here's Danielle. Hi. So I am always so excited when we have Leah carry on. I think it's been three or four times. I have to double check. If you haven't listened to the other episodes with her, make sure you do because she teaches us something in every single episode and she makes me feel better about intimacy and Right now, especially when so many of us are going through this period of disconnect, not all of us, but some of us going through this period of disconnect with uh, intimacy and sex and romance because of the pandemic and because of the stress involved, it it just is nice to know that we're not alone. And I think we both, as much as we talk, because we have this podcast, I think sometimes there are things we're not comfortable to say and having her there as sort of a mediator in a sense is really helpful because I felt like I could say certain things to you and uh, get some things off my chest that I think a lot of partners are going to identify with. And it's nice having her there, just letting me know that what I'm saying is okay. And well, I not totally crazy. agree with you. I, I've spoken to her about masturbation before. I, I, there's not very many people that I've talked to about masturbation. Uh, a few hundred thousand, I think. <laughs> not directly. Oh, okay. Like, I, I couldn't look in their eye and talk to them and say, hey, listen, here's my masturbation story. Oh, all right. You know? I could. <laughs> <laughs> really? Like anybody? Like you could just like go Instagram live yeah, and like, walk into Walmart, whatever. just start talking. Right. No, exactly. Um, But she just makes the point is she makes you feel so comfortable. So right now, no matter what you're going through with your partner, if you're feeling like there's some kind of a disconnect, if you're feeling like there's something you want to talk about with them, this is going to be a great episode to just let you know that you are not alone and it is okay to talk about these things. And that's the first step, right? To like get the communication going. We tried to talk about kinks and fetishes, but we had so much to talk about with the pandemic and disconnects and everything that we didn't even get to it. So we are absolutely going to do another episode with Leah very soon to concentrate on that because I really have a lot to talk about with that. And so I don't want people to think that we're just going to forget about it. We're not. But this was super important. And I know that so many of us are struggling. So enjoy our conversation with the great Leah Carey. Hi, Leah. I'm so happy to see your face. I'm so happy to talk to the two of you again. Yeah. And I was just thinking the last time you and I were together, October of 2019, we met in Atlanta for a convention. That was the last time I was on a plane. Oh, me too. I mean, most people. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but it's just weird for me to think that it's been what a year is like you know more than a year that I haven't gone anywhere more than a year crazy 
but I'm glad that we can at least thank God for the like Zoom and FaceTime and all that stuff. Yeah, it's it is. I am so glad that this pandemic has happened at a time when we have the technology to stay connected, even though like the Zoom fatigue is real. <laughs> but yeah, at least we can still keep in touch. Yeah. Uh, I think why I wanted to have you on so quickly when I like I said to you like last week, like, can we do it? Are you available this Saturday? Because I have been sensing from well, our own relationship and from people that I hear from that where I think a lot of people are hitting a wall. There's like a pandemic wall that is real and happening and not that it hasn't been stressful this entire time, but in relationships and in in life, it's just getting to a point where we're like, oh my God, we there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's just feeling like it's never ending. And for those of us who feel that disconnect from each other, I think that um, we're getting to a place in our relationship where we want we want it back. We want yeah. the connection back. So you recently did an episode about your own experience as a sex and intimacy coach. It's kind of nice for us to hear that like, it's not all, you know, perfect sexual perfection from you and your partner. You guys have been dealing with the same thing. Do you want to just quickly give a little background about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's really important because people hear that you know, I do this work and they think, oh, well, she must be out there, you know, screwing like rabbits <laughs> with her partner. And that is absolutely not the case. Um, when the pandemic started, we had just moved in together. Um, and so, you know, our sexual relationship shifted a little bit because we were now in the same space all the time. So we just had easier access to each other. But then the pandemic started and he deals with depression. Um, it had gone untreated for a long time. And um, as the pandemic went on, and then we live in Portland, Oregon, so we were also seeing, you know, the protests going on for 100 plus days and the national, the federal troops coming in. And it was, it was a real shit show here for a while. And all of that really spiraled into his depression becoming much, much worse. And as a result, he started drinking more. And as a result of all of that, he started being kind of emotionally toxic with me. Um, you know, I hesitate a little bit to call it emotionally abusive because it was his depression that was showing out. He is not at heart an abusive person, but in that space of depression and alcohol-fueled stress, he was becoming really emotionally um, it was really difficult. And in that space, I lost trust. I lost a feeling of safety with him. And that is primary for me. If I'm going to take my clothes off with somebody, if I'm going to be intimate with somebody, I need to absolutely feel like I can trust them and like I'm safe with them. And I could not have him verbally attacking me one night and then feel the next day like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. So we spent a, a fairly long time. It was probably, um, I haven't looked at the calendar, but it was somewhere between six and eight months in that place of me just not knowing when the next explosion was going to occur and what the next terrible thing was that he was going to say to me. Um, I stayed 
because I knew that this was not him. I knew that this was the depression acting on him. And, um, and that was an important distinction for me. Not everybody will make that choice. And I'm not saying that anybody else should, um, but that is the choice I was making. Um, eventually, what ultimately ended up happening was I was, I was saying to him when he was in his sort of right mind, when he was not in that space of depression and stress, and stress coming out at me, he could very clearly look back at what had happened and be like, oh my God, that was not okay. I'm so sorry. Again, this is why I stayed with him. He had enough self-awareness to know that what was going on was not okay. Um, And at the same time, I was like, well, if he knows what's going on, then I'm not going to like attack him further for what's going on. He already feels badly. So why would I keep bringing it up and keep telling him how badly I feel. He's doing the best he can. And then at some point I realized that he didn't actually remember what was going on. He was going into some sort of alcohol blackout blackout or haze or something. He would remember sort of the general shape of the feelings, but he couldn't actually remember the things he was saying to me. And that's the point at which I was like, oh no, (laughs) no, 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 this cannot continue. And so I started repeating back to him the things he was saying to me and saying, this cannot continue and drawing really clear boundaries with him about if you're drinking, I'm not going to be in the room with you. If you come home and you've had a drink, I'm not going to be in the room with you. Not as punishment, but as self-protection. Once I started telling him how it was actually affecting me, that's when things started to change and he got the help he needed. He got some medication. Um, I think it's really important to say that I'm telling you all of this with his blessing. Like he, he consents to me talking about this. Um, the idea of being in a relationship with someone with a podcast. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I completely sympathize with this guy because uh, <laughs> kind of living the same life right here. <laughs> like Danielle has total, eh, almost total consent. Yeah. He says, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's given me, he says he's giving me blanket permission, blanket consent, but I still go back to him and I'm like, are you sure you're okay with me sharing right. this? And right. he said, yes. So, okay. Do um, you think, sorry to cut you off. Do, do yeah. you think you're noticing it more just because you've recently moved in together and now you're seeing it 100% of the time because you're always together? Is it more severe now than it was or just because you're there always? Well, I think that has something to do with it. Yeah, he definitely was going into these depression spirals before we moved in together, but it was easier for me to get away from it because we didn't live together. But also at the same time that we moved in together, the pandemic started. And so the pressure cooker started. And what a a timing. Yeah, but but the great thing is that now you're there all the time to help and support him and give him the help that he needs and help him find the help he needs. Yeah, and and that ultimately is what happened, that he finally said, okay, I'm ready to get help. And so the second piece of this story is that he got, he got onto medication, which has made a world of difference. He's been on it for about two or three months. Uh, so about, so less than the time that things were really bad, things have now been good. Um, that medication is affecting his sex drive and his sexual capabilities, if you will. (laughs) Um, So 
so now that things are okay and I'm feeling like, okay, I can enter that space with you again, he's less interested. Um, and thankfully we have enough communication skills to talk about that, but there are still some, you know, things are not just because I work in the sex and intimacy field does not mean that everything is sunshine and rainbows in my sex life. Right. And I also think that a lot of people who, even if you're not in the sex and intimacy field, but you have a strong intimate relationship with your partner and things recently haven't been going that way. I think that a little bit, we have to look at it as these are really crazy circumstances. Yeah. And, um, I know you guys don't have kids. That doesn't mean that you don't have your own outside influences that are, you know, making it harder for intimacy and everything. But f- for those of us with kids, I, I, we, they are home 24 mm-hmm. seven. Um, it is, that is the first thing. The second thing is, like you said, med- I have up my meds. A lot of people have gone on medication or are um, self medicating in some way, or we're just irritable and impatient and sick of each other and desperate for outside life that we can't have right now in some of, I don't know, depending on where you live, if you're in the United States, it's really hard right now. Mm -hmm. But I think that across the board, Except for the, there were people who did say to me, no, we, my partner and I never saw each other. And then since the pandemic, this is the first time we're actually getting to see each other, which is great. But there is this feeling of disconnect, even though we're around each other all the time. Well, except that to throw this in, you know, when the pandemic first hit and I was home from work, we closed my retail store. I was home with Danielle and the kids 24 seven for two and a half months. So that was one side of the story. But then when we were allowed to open back up, I had to dedicate hundred percent of my time to saving a business, saving, you know, our, our store. And that's all that I could think about. I, I you yeah. know, I had to make sure that I had, you know, somewhere to go back to and that we could survive. And what am I going to do to maintain, you know, being able to be open and supporting my family and, Danielle's home with the kids a hundred percent of the time now without me with the kids. And Mm -hmm. there's no time for us. There's no time for relationship. There's a a disconnect is like an obvious result of what's going on. You know, it's not, it, it wasn't a form of depression or it wasn't a form of, you know, anxiety as far as maybe on a, um, a, What's it called? Like a large scale? Uh, yeah. Like um, this wasn't, you know, I, you know, go to the doctor and, you know, you know, you're depressed or you're anxious yeah. or you're whatever. This is just real life happening in a hard way. So we're still in that phase almost a year later, you know, where things are not back to normal. She's still mm-hmm. home with the kids hundred percent of the time. I'm still focusing on work and making sure that it's successful and I can support my family. So this is going on a long time. Yeah. And Danielle, what you said a few minutes ago about there being light at the end of the tunnel, it almost makes it harder, I think, because it's like we know there's a vaccine out there. But for most of us, it's still a few months away, several months away. And so it's like we can see it, but we still know that there's a, a good chunk of time before we can get there. And so it almost makes this time in front of us feel even darker than the time that we've already gone through. This is 
this is no joke. I mean, not that anybody thinks it is, but yeah, life is, it has made life really hard. Yeah, but how easily are we going to go back to, like, if we all have the vaccine and we're not worried about getting the virus, day one, are we going to restaurants where there's a thousand people? Are we going on planes where there's, you know, 200 people? Hell no. No, it's going to take some time for us to adjust and get back to, you know, quote, normalcy. Right. Absolutely. I think it is so important that we figure out, okay, so many of us are feeling this. If you're not and you're more connected with your partner, that's amazing. Please message me and let me know how you're doing that. (laughs) But, and, and, and we, and Adam and I are pretty good about, I mean, we have the podcast, so we connect on the podcast. We, we, we are definitely, we have fun for sure. And we have fun with the kids. It's, it's not that, and it's not like we don't like each other. We, we love being together. That's not the problem. You know, the problem is he'll come in for sex and, or, or, you know, we'll, we'll, have a moment and I can't relax when I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old who are going to open the door and on a regular time I can't relax if they're home we have to wait you know we usually it's if they're sleeping out or we go to a hotel or yeah and I'm to his mom's house or my mom's house we can't do that now so even if we have a moment and I'm not feeling disgusting and I've actually showered that day and maybe the kids are even asleep we think or they're downstairs playing video games it's not the same mm-hmm. um sure. and even if you don't have kids and maybe you're a, a healthcare worker and you're coming home at the end of the day and you've just seen people suffering with covid or overcrowded or you're a teacher and you've been you know you're doing virtual learning or hybrid teaching or every one of us is dealing with it in a different way that when we get home at the end of the day or even if you are already home at the end of the day like the last thing you want to do is like have sex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. <laughs> At home, I want to go to bed. Right. <laughs> like, I, I, want to, your, yeah. I want to get into bed, read a book or watch TV or whatever. <laughs> right. And yeah. relax, just unwind. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So one thing I want to say before we go too far down this path is that there, there may be some people who are going to listen to this and think I'm the opposite. Like my sex drive is even higher now than usual. And so maybe there's something wrong with me. And so I just want to say for those people that some people who go into a stress response, many of us will have our sex drive decreased. Some people will have their sex drive increase because that is their stress response. It's how they deal with, you know, processing stress through their physical body is through sex. So if you've been dealing with a higher sex drive and you think that there's something wrong with you or your partner is telling you there's something wrong with you, there's not. You're absolutely fine. Um, It's just the way that your body handles stress. There are, I think, probably fewer of those people listening than there are people on the other end of the scale who are saying, don't touch me. (laughs) Um, And 
so then we have the depressed sex drive in addition to the um the stress and the exhaustion and i think that's that's what you're talking about is um this just intense exhaustion that so many of us are feeling and first of all i just want to i mean i think everybody i hope everybody knows this but i think it's really important to say it out loud our brains are not set up to deal with this type of ongoing intense stress our brain like our animal brains are set up to deal with lion is coming lion is near me i'm going to do something to get away from the lion okay the lion has gone away i'm going to shake out that stress and move on with my life we are not prepared for the lion to be at our door roaring at us for 16 months like that's just not a thing that our that our internal nervous system knows how to deal with so the fact that we are feeling um unsexy gross exhausted don't want you to touch me that is so okay there's absolutely nothing wrong with you or your sex drive or anything else this is our brains not being able to handle this on a long-term basis okay now that that public service announcement is done <laughs> no, that is so important to say also because and some of us i do sometimes look at my friends who are dealing with all of this and think to myself, wow, how are they doing it? Or, But we are all wired differently. Mm -hmm. And some of us are going to handle it better than others. And like I said, as in some ways for us, the pandemic for our relationship has been really good because we, we do love to spend time together. That is one of our favorite things to do together. We play pool and we're playing games with the kids. And, uh, you know, I think that Adam is the most fun human being to be with. And I <laughs> about me. But we're, I mean, and I'm in love with him, but in some ways we're like really fun roommates. Mm -hmm. And um, right now, and, and some of, and, and we did an, an episode where we talked about the fact that there was one night at, right after the kids had been tested, we had gone away with um, my parents and they, we'd all tested to go away together. And then we came back and I sent my kids to my mother-in-law's for the night. I said to her, please, can you take them for one night? And I knew they were okay. They had just gotten tested and everything. So they went. Adam planned this really fun night for us where we we played games, you know, like sex games. And we wound up having really good sex. And it was like one night in how many months is this? Yeah. A year that was like really, really fun. But kids came home and it's back to normal. And not only that, it was a really fun night, but there wasn't the romantic aspect of it because there's no time. You can't, it's either it's one or the other. No, you yeah. have a few right. hours. Let's, you know, pack in as much as we can. Yeah, Adam's, yeah, of course. Adam's like, <laughs> we're going to have all the sex. <laughs> right. Um, no, not, I didn't like, uh, we didn't, I, I had like a fun time. We did. We had a it fun wasn't just time. about having sex. But there's, what I'm saying is for so many of us who need that romantic component of it and it's an issue to get it on a good day. Yeah. We're not getting, the full package. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of like I said before, it's romance is not, and maybe it's on our minds, but it's not in our heads right now. It's, it's not. Uh, it's, in, it's in my head. It's in your <laughs> head, but you're not making it happen. I can't make it happen. You're too stressed. Anytime I see you, you're yelling, Yeah, you know, I yell a lot. And, and you know, all the only thing on my mind is, you know, stressing about everything, you know, you know, with work and everything I said before, 
Mm-hmm. So romance is kind of like, yeah, it needs to be there, but how, how, like, how do I get that, you know, to be the forefront of what I'm thinking about than all this other stuff? That's yeah, how really, do we do that? Because that's I do really want important, it to happen. by the way, you know, like, it's not just that we're stressed and anxious and, you know, depressed and there's real things going on in our minds that we have to think about. I have to think about work. You have to think about the kids all day. Mm-hmm. To, you know, how do you, how do you just push that aside and say, okay, now romance? We don't yeah. have to push it aside. I I think that um, so there are a couple of concepts that are being interwoven here. Romance and sex are not necessarily the same thing. Um, Intimacy and sex are not necessarily the same thing. Romance and intimacy, like these are each separate things, but we get them all jumbled up because we're not great at, uh, we haven't learned how to separate them and how to how to talk about them. Um, I would suggest that for most people who are feeling disconnected, going straight to going straight from disconnection to sex might provide a really fun evening, but it's not going to give you the long-term benefits of feeling connected that you really want. What you really probably need to do, and this is what I'm doing with my partner, is building up moments of intimacy and connection so that when we get to the set, when we get to that moment where we're both there and we're both interested and and we do it, we already feel connected and we don't have to create the connection in the moment of the sex. So intimacy would be um, spending, you know, five or 10 minutes. This is something I was just suggested, I think on Instagram. Spending five or 10 minutes when you, after the kids are asleep or, you know, when they're not in your faces, turning off the TV and just putting your skin on each other's skin. Now this doesn't, if you think that the kids are going to walk in, this doesn't mean you have to be naked, but Danielle, you could take your hand and put it on Adam's chest, whether that's up under his shirt or he has his shirt off, whatever, but like getting skin on skin, Adam, you could put your hand on Danielle's leg if she's got shorts on or something like that. Um, Or, you know, touching each other's faces, just spend a few minutes really connecting into the fact that you're touching the person who you love. Allowing your, I'm not a, I'm not a super woo-woo person, but allowing your energy systems to come into contact and be at peace with each other. Because if you're walking around all day with all this frenetic energy, and then you want to go straight into sex, you're bringing all of that frenetic energy into sex. And that's not super conducive for having a really connected experience. Whereas if you have all that frenetic energy, and then you spend five minutes, 10 minutes a night, just connecting with each other, talking about something other than all the stress in your head, talking about that vacation you're going to take when this is all over, talking about, you know, something you saw today on your walk, whatever it might be, just something that doesn't bring all of that stress into the moment, just allowing yourself to feel each other's skin. If you can do that for five minutes a night, over the course of a couple of weeks, you're going to start feeling more connected. And then when you have that evening where suddenly you have three hours and you can play the sexy games and you can do the things, you're already going to come into it feeling 
more connected, more together. And so then you're going to get the longer term satisfaction and benefits out of the sex that you would want, but that you're not necessarily getting when it's just a, hey, we have 10 minutes, let's go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? That makes total sense. Yeah, it does. And uh, all right, here's the next problem is that um, so many of us, and I know because I write memes all the time and I repost other people's memes. And right now for moms and for people in general, we, we're, we're, we're not feeling ultra attractive right now. And yeah. Adam and I did an episode talking about when we, it's called the sexy episode, when we feel sexiest and everything. And, and I said, I feel sexiest when I am getting ready for a night out. Mm. When I get dressed up and I put on my heels and I do my makeup. And, you know, right now, like I showered, I have some makeup on. I'm wearing slippers. Like I'm still wearing my, because because how ridiculous would it be if I put on high heels? And I know everyone says, who cares? Do it anyway. But like, <laughs> I really want to walk around my house in high heels and like, <laughs> like I'm crazy. And I, so, and Adam said that one of the times he thinks I'm sexiest is when I walk down the stairs after getting, you know, all ready to go out and I have my outfit on and we're ready to have a good time. And, you know, I just, the whole, the package is complete. And black eyeliner. And black eyeliner. Like <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not putting it on to walk around my house. <laughs> yeah. It's silly. And, and, and even still, I'm going to walk around with black eyeliner and my kids are going to be like, mom, 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 can I, do I, can I, are you, you know, and I'm going to be like, who the, f- why did I bother? Yeah. So it's that, that, that element has been taken away from so many of us, that date night, even though we might have a date night. It's different when you're still in your house and there's a pile of laundry to the left or mm-hmm. your kids are running in, even though you told them dad and I need time or mom and I need time. It's real. Yeah, and, it and is that real. Element has been completely taken away. And there's so many of us. And I know uh, we're, we're all working on body positivity and trying to feel better about ourselves. But the quarantine weight gain and everything is real. And I know that so many of us, we don't want to be worried about that, but because maybe we know how our partners feel about it, or we think we know how our partners feel about it or how we feel it's real. And it makes us, it's, we don't want it to be a problem, but it is. Yeah. So I think the thing you just said there that was most important is we know how our partners think about it, or at least we think we know what our partners think about it. And that I think is the key because most of us are really good at making up stories in our heads about what other people think, but we're not so good at checking in with the other person to see if we're right. We just build sandcastles based on what our assumptions are. And I actually went through exactly this with my partner a couple of weeks ago because I too have gained weight and gotten softer during COVID. And um, I... I have been feeling self-conscious and I've also been going through, I'm working with an eat with a food coach and intuitive eating coach, because I have some, some healing to do around my, my relationship with food. And so I've been eating things that I would not normally allow myself, which is adding to the COVID weight gain. And so I had to go to my partner a couple of weeks ago and say, I'm making up in my head that part of the reason that you're not as interested in sex with me now is because I'm getting a little bit heavier. But 
I don't actually know if that's true. I've just convinced myself of this. So can you tell me what's actually going on in your head? Now, I know that sounds really scary and really vulnerable because you don't want to, you're not sure you want to hear the truth. I want to tell you about a game that I've been playing during my downtime when I'm just trying to unwind and relax and, you know, just turn life off for a few minutes. Best Fiends is a puzzle game that you can play right on your phone, and it's really cool because you go through all these levels solving challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain, but it's a casual game that anyone can play, and it's really fun. Best Fiends is also visually stunning, and it has tons of cute characters to collect along the way. Me and my kids are always challenging each other to see who made it to a higher level or who has more characters collected. And Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. And one other really cool thing about it, if you lose your internet connection for the day or you're somewhere without internet, you can still play Best Fiends. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. I know that everybody always says that Valentine's Day is this cheesy holiday, and why do we even celebrate Valentine's Day? We should be showing everybody every day how we feel about them. Yes, I get all of that, but this year I feel like Valentine's Day hits completely differently because so many of us haven't seen people we really love in a long time. And I've spoken on the podcast before about how I've been with the kids sending things all throughout the pandemic and delivering donuts to people who I know maybe, you know, miss their family or we've just been trying to do a lot to show people we love that we're thinking about them. And that's why this Valentine's Day, I think it's so important that we take extra time to show people that we love how much we miss them and care about them. And one of my favorite ways to do that is by Love Book. And Love Book is a premium gift, hand-bound, shipped all over the world to tell everybody's unique love story, not just a romantic love story. My kids have made them for their grandparents. You can make them for teachers. You can make them for family friends that you haven't seen in a long time. And they're so fun to make. My kids have made them. Adam and I made them. So it's an activity. And then when you're done, you have this beautiful hand-bound book. You choose a cover and edit the title. You make these characters, these cute little characters look like you. You can pick glasses. You can pick their outfits. You can pick just about everything about them. Choose pages and personalize them. Love Book is fantastic for your significant other, but it's good for all occasions, especially Valentine's Day. You create yourself and the receiver from these adorable characters. You choose body type, hairstyle, facial expressions. I can't tell you how specific you can get. Mine actually really looked like me. So head to lovebookonline.com slash MNM and see everything that they have to offer and you can get 20% off your order. That's lovebookonline.com slash MNM. Take your kids, make some books and send them to people and make this Valentine's Day the best one yet. 2020, we know, was kind of a letdown. A lot of bad stuff happened. And I can name on one hand the nights and the days that truly stood out to me as being like really amazing and special. My favorite night of 2020 was the one, the first night of Hanukkah, where we had that special tent for your mom that we had set up with the kids. And it was so awesome because we were able to be pandemic safe because it was had this huge opening, the tent. 
And it looked so gorgeous. I remember when I met you there because I was at work and I came back from work and I saw this tent and I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. Until I actually walked into the tent and saw what they did inside. Mm -hmm. I was blown away. (laughs) I said to you like, like, is this real? Like, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Whimsy Rose Outdoors services all of New Jersey. They also go to New York. Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. They have partners and vendors that they work with, chefs, caterers, belly dancers, party planners, balloon artists, DIY crafters, and more. They also offer different outdoor tents and decor, but they also do indoor tents for sleepovers and just started offering virtual sleepovers. I actually saw one of those online and all the kids are on their iPads and they each have this tent set up in their house. It's the cutest thing. They do dinner parties with their low Moroccan style tables and pillows. They offer heaters and popcorn machines and movie screens for movie nights and so much more. And they're working on three secret projects right now that they're getting ready to release for the spring. Stay tuned. And if you go on Marriage of Martini's Instagram this week, we're going to have a special giveaway. So head to Whimsy Rose Outdoors. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y Rose Outdoors dot com. Use our promo code MM150. Get $150 off your booking until May 30th. That's whimsyroseoutdoors.com. Use our promo code MM150 for $150 off your booking. So I know it sounds really scary to think about asking your partner when you think, maybe I don't want to hear the answer. But the truth is that once you know, once you have concrete information, that's easier to deal with even if it's information you don't want, than all of the fears that are floating around in your head. I don't know if I agree with that so much. Mm-hmm. If you say to your partner, is it because I've gained weight or because I'm not attracted, do you think you're going to get an honest answer? Yeah, I when, mean, and on the, on the, to deal with that also, if he said to me, and he might think it, and I sometimes really, really, really do think he thinks it, if he said, yes, I really want you to lose weight, we're having a fight. Yeah, that's not going to happen. We're having a fight because lots of reasons, which I maybe we'll do another episode on. But it, it, especially right now during a pandemic when we're dealing with what we're dealing with. That's fair. I'm not going to be okay with it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I would love to ask him and feel like I'm going to get an honor, honest answer. I don't think I'm going to get an honest answer, number one. Mm-hmm. Um, it is something that we struggle with. And I do think that, it, it, it's completely and totally insensitive if he says that. So I I don't know how that's going to go. And I do agree that I think that a lot of times we, I, I mean, there are times I, I can look back on pictures from even three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago, where I say to myself, not that I allow pictures of myself to be taken often, but I say to myself, oh, I look pretty good. And I thought I looked terrible and I thought he thought I looked terrible. So I do think we're always harder on ourselves, but the honesty factor is really hard. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And, and maybe there are things that I can say to my partner that other people are not comfortable saying, and that's really, really fair. Mm. Um, the piece of that that I want to call out, especially, and this is something that I picked up from Brene Brown um, in her goddess likeness. Yeah. <laughs> 
is the way of framing the question, which is not, you don't look at me the same way that you used to, you think I'm fat, or, you know, something else that makes an assumption or makes an accusation. The way that you frame the question is, um, I'm telling myself this story. I'm telling myself the story that you think I'm fat. Can you help me to know what the actual story is? Mm-hmm. That's an, that is a way that, that allows the partner into the conversation with you um, so that they're not all up in like their fear and trepidation of having a conversation with you because you've just attacked them. But you're right. That doesn't answer the question that you were just asked. No, I mean, look, in my opinion, as the guy here, it's never going to happen. No, the guy is never going to say. Well, you can't say that. Not every guy is like you. You Almost never is they're going to say. She just said she had a very honest conversation with her partner and he was honest. Listen, I'm here talking as the guy in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy is not going to say, yeah, you know what? If you lost, you know, a few pounds, I'm going to feel differently about you. No, it's not going to happen. Well, so, okay. So this is all caught up in issues that we have around people's bodies. And we live in an extremely fat phobic society, extremely fat phobic. We live in a diet culture. We are recording it early in January when we are still being bombarded with ads by gyms and Weight Watchers and every kind of diet culture message there is out there gets thrown at us in January. So not only are you worried about what your partner is thinking, you're also worried about what the greater society is thinking and about your moral worth as a person if you do or don't do this thing. Like, you are not alone in this, but we are each made to feel completely alone in it, Um, which is part of the reason that, you know, on my Instagram, I am really doing a lot of posting around, and it's not just about body confidence, like asking people to suddenly be like, my body is beautiful and I feel great no matter what my weight is. Going from where we are to that is too far a step. We need to go through the intermediate steps of saying, oh, I see that, that what's going on around me is feeding me these messages, and they're really fucked up messages. And I, the next step is I don't need to believe that I'm okay, but I can believe that other people can look at me and think I'm okay. Like, I'm willing to believe that they're not lying to me. Mm-hmm when they say that I look okay. Like there are a whole bunch of little steps that we can take to get there. I think it's happening. I mean, you know, I think when you're seeing these, you know, diet commercials or these, uh, you know, fitness commercials, I think that the emphasis now is more about being healthy than it is about being skinny. Healthy is still a diet culture. Yeah, it's still a diet culture. No, it's still, No. no, it's still totally fucked up. Yeah. What does that mean? Health? I mean, you, you're still looking at, yeah, you're still looking at some quote unquote experts version of what healthy is. I was also going to get to, aren't the people that they're showing you changing a little bit and a little bit every, you know, so often. Yeah, but I'll post something. I'll post something on Instagram. I posted something about feeling really good about yourself despite your weight or anything. And I still, you know, if I had 800 comments, a hundred of them were, oh, when did being fat become healthy? And, but it's, I still get a ton of that. So there's still that whole, 
it's it's a very very negative I no I just think it's slowly changing. You're not seeing those like Victoria's Secret models on these commercials anymore. Those ultra skinny, you know, unhealthy skinny. You know, I think it is changing. I think you're getting more towards those even, you know, the commercials for, you know, uh, women's underwear commercials and bra commercials. You're seeing more of the yeah. average person on these commercials. That's that true. I think that they are, uh, people are trying to, it, we are trying to make I it think a it's more slowly inclusive. changing and I think it's becoming more Okay, acceptable. but that doesn't mean that you think your partner No, feels no, but I was just kind of responding to what Leah was saying. Right. Yeah. That I, I think it is slowly changing for the better. I'll be honest. I, I think one of the problems of me with my confidence, and this is something I think Adam and I really need to dissect in another episode, is I'm not seeing my friends as much. And my friends yes. are really the ones who give me my confidence. They yeah. are the ones, when they tell me I'm beautiful and they compliment me in so many ways, I believe them. Mm-hmm. And that confidence of not being with them and seeing them face to face and hanging out with them and then being they don't care. You know, they, I'm not worried about them carrying him. I think they think I'm beautiful no matter what. And they think they think I'm hot and sexy no matter what. I really do. I think that I get something from them that we, we've talked about before that I don't as a woman get from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the fact that we're not out there getting that from other people is hard too. But to get back to relationships and, and being in with your partner, what about, you know, in some ways I almost think to myself, and we, and we don't hardly ever compliment each other right now like we're just not although we'll say you know we'll talk about complimenting maybe in other ways but not physically Mm -hmm. but maybe complimenting ways that have nothing to do with weight Mm -hmm. you know I mean I that we have a whole lot of other attributes absolutely and I think recognizing where we do need that reinforcement is an important thing too like for me my partner does give me positive reinforcement about my work and about the person who I'm in and all that. He is very, you know, his particular personality, he's not very comfortable and never has been with complimenting how I look. And so I only get those compliments when I specifically ask for them. And I'm recognizing that now during this time where he is less sexually interested, oh, that's where I was getting my positive reinforcement about the fact that he thinks I'm attractive is when we had sex. And with that off the table, I'm suddenly afraid that he's no longer attracted to me. And so again, I'm, and he and I talk a lot. So, I mean, I know that I'm having a lot of conversations with him that a lot of people don't have, but literally just last week, I said to him, I need you to tell me more often what you think of me. I need you to tell me that you think I'm beautiful. I need you to tell me that you think I'm sexy because right now I'm not getting that validation in the way that I usually would from you. And and my confidence is taking a hit. I am feeling less attractive. And that's hard for him. And part of my, my part of the deal is I have to be aware of what I need from him. I have to say it to him. And then I have to keep reminding him because this is a new skill for him. So I think that in the past, my in the past, my dysfunction would have been, I shouldn't have to say it to him. He should just know what to do. 
And then once I got past that and was like, okay, well, I, I need to at least say it, then my dysfunction would have been, I should only have to say it once because he should understand how important this is to me. He should take it as gospel and he should totally right. do it from now forever. And no, like I am the one who has been needing this for months or years or whatever. He's just hearing it for the first time five minutes ago. He needs some reminders. He needs to, to be brought into this conversation so that he can fill the need that I have. I recently interviewed Gary John Bishop, who um, wrote Unfuck Yourself. And mm. um, he, he Wise as Fuck is his new book. And he said something that really sticks with me. And I haven't really acted on it yet, but I keep saying I'm going to. And he said that if you are missing something from your partner, you should start doing more of it. Yes. Maybe they'll yes. follow suit. Yeah, yes, I know. Should. I know. I, well, what are you talking about? Well, because, compliments. Yeah, well, no, you always say you don't, you know, compliment me or you don't, you're not nice to me right now or all these things. And I'm, and I look back at you and I think to myself, well, you're doing a pretty shitty job yourself. Right. You know, and, like, and I guess why? I always feel like he needs it less. Mm. I do need it less. I mean, I told, like, I don't need to be reassured that you're attracted to me. And yes, you never give me a reason for me to think that you're not. But I, I just, I guess I don't need that reassurance. Right. I don't, I don't need that. Which I guess is why I don't psyche. do it as much. Or, you know, if you're saying, you know, you haven't been kind or you haven't been sweet or you haven't been, and I think back at you and all I think is all you do is yell all day. Like that's all, that's my, and you know, mm -hmm. and then your excuse is, well, I'm home with the kids all day. I'm like, yeah, you always right. have an excuse for, you so know, do you feel like if and, I did it more, you would do it more? Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but then you would say, absolutely. but if you did it more then I would do it more and then it's a back and no, forth. No, no, I agree. And I think that what he said made sense. And I do want to try that. I want to try to put it out there and hopefully the other person will be like, oh, well, if she's making me feel like that, then I want to make her feel like that. But it's almost like every, you know, not every day, but it feels like almost, you know, a lot of the time. You know, I, you know, I leave at eight o'clock in the morning and I go to work and I come home at six, seven, maybe eight o'clock. And, you know, it's either Danielle's yelling or as soon as I walk in the door, it's <laughs> people are going to think, well, no, it's like, but, <laughs> but, but kind of sometimes you are where <laughs> as soon as I walk in the door, oh, the propane tank is out, you know, outside for the heaters or the dishwasher is not working properly. Can you call like as soon as I walk in and it's like, yeah, why do we I have so little time to talk, you, you know? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, oh, like, shit. listen, and it's so because when we're texting during the day, you know, how you perceive a text is so different than sure. if you were with each other. Because when I read her text, I'm like, oh, she loves me and she misses me and things are great. And then when I walk in the door, maybe you're taking it. Maybe I'm like, hey, can you change my program? <laughs> <laughs> I need some more fuel. <laughs> Take it all wrong. Actually, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I be. I wonder. Um, I have. I, I've heard of the book "Unfuck Yourselves," but I haven't read it. Um, and I wonder if he's saying that you you do these things because then your partner will hear it and reciprocate, or if he's saying you do these things without expectation of reciprocation. Because the latter. Yeah, because then 
it's like you're creating more space in the relationship for both of you to show up in a gentler and kinder way. So it's not like I'm going to tell him that he's sexy more often so that he tells me that I'm more sexy more right. often. I have to be honest, would be my first thought. Like, oh, <laughs> if I tell him, I'll tell him. Yeah. But, but if you, Danielle, know what some of his trigger points are, some of the things that he needs to hear more often, maybe it's you're a good dad. Maybe it's you're a good provider. I don't know, Adam, what your specifics are. Me either. But, so help me with that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can start fulfilling some of those more specific needs that he has, then that helps bring his nervous system down a couple notches. And then there's more space for him to give you the reinforcement that you need. Right. Well, like just what happened, what, what day is it, Saturday? Yesterday, I'm at work and I think Danielle just wanted to know when I was going to be home and just, you know, like, when are you coming home? Yeah, like, I want to be together. Out. Yeah, like she wants to hang out. Maybe she was excited for us to have a fun night together or whatever. So she texted me and says, you know, what time are you coming home? And my initial response was, why? Where do you need me yeah, to stop? What do you, and yeah, get what do you me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what do I have to do before I go home? Where do I have to go? Like, fuck, I don't want to have to do something, you know? And yeah. all she was, you know, thinking was, I just want you to come home. <laughs> so maybe instead of texting, the two of you should try Marco Poloing. So you actually get each other's face and tone of voice. <laughs> and you oh, know like if you're in trouble or not. What? Like FaceTime? Oh, yeah. At Marco Polo, it's just like a texting, but it's video. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No. No. no, I don't do <laughs> no I'll, I'm going to decline as soon as that pops up on my phone. <laughs> but obviously, I, I, I think the communication thing, what you're saying is that we do need to talk more and we need, you know, you're, we do create stories in our head. And I, I know that because I can look back at, uh, I, like I said, at pictures of myself and everything, and I know how I was feeling at that time about myself. And then I, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's not how it was at all. Yeah. Um, but I also think we need to have the conversation that right now we're getting we, we, our expectations from that one person. You know, they're they're responsible for so much more than they're used to being responsible for. A lot of stuff that I usually would get from my friends, I can't get right now because I don't see them. A lot of stuff I usually get from my sister, I can't get right now because I can't see her. Like, yeah, we we do have to understand that a lot, a lot more of the responsibility is put on one another, which is tough and which kind of sucks, but it kind of is there right now. Yeah, I think I need from you, Adam, more than I usually expect because I'm not getting that other stuff from them. Yeah. I think that we, it was easier to say back in April when this lockdown was still relatively new and we didn't think it was going to go on for nine or 10 or 14 months. Remember we thought it was going to be two weeks, right? <laughs> we were so young and naive. We're going to be out of school for two weeks. How fun. We'll have a <laughs> Yeah. Um, Could have been doing it properly. Right. It was easier then to have some grace for ourselves and our partners. We're now, whatever this is, 10 months into this, it is a lot harder to have that same level of grace for ourselves and for each other 
because we have been on top of each other for 10 months. There's no way to sugarcoat that. You know, I can't come here and say, try these three things and you're going to magically have a great sex life in pandemic. That's unreasonable. I think what we can do is at this point, limit the harm that we're doing to each other so that when we come out of the pandemic, we can reestablish something closer to a really fulfilling um, sex life, like hopefully you had before. Um, and really what that requires is the communication piece is figuring out how in this time to communicate with each other about our needs because everything is so heightened right now if we can work on this skill while everything is so hard and so heightened then when things start to ratchet down and come closer to quote unquote normal who knows what the next normal will look like but when our nervous systems are able to ratchet down some if we've really worked on this communication piece and connecting and allowing intimacy even in this hard time, then that's going to make it a lot easier to transition back into the kids are out of the house. We can send them to grandma's. We have a night or a weekend and now we can reconnect instead of, I think really what we need right now is to limit the amount of resentment that's building between couples because that resentment is going to have to be dealt with at some point. And if you wait until after the pandemic is over and you never actually deal with it, it's going to roll right into your post pandemic sex life. So whatever you can do to mitigate resentment right now, even though that doesn't sound fun or sexy, I get it. But anything you can do right now, to limit the harm that you're doing to each other is going to make it easier when we get to the other side. I'm sorry that I can't make this sexy, <laughs> but it just, I don't think that's where we are right now. That look like sitting down with a, I mean, for some of us, a glass of wine or, or whatever, and, and just kind of saying to one another, like, listen, we still got who knows how many months of this. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to once a week or twice a week, just connect in yes. some way, whatever it is. Uh, and maybe that's what I need to be doing more on Instagram and everything. And I need to start doing my emails at the end of the week and everything to give people ideas of how to do that. But yeah, we do, we need special. I mean, that one night that Adam planned for us, even though in a, in a perfect world, I would have liked more romance and everything that held us over for a mm -hmm. good, I mean, I was, I, for a good three weeks felt a lot more confident about us and about how he felt about me and about our relationship from that one night for, you know, that the next three, four weeks, we we're looking at each other like, remember that night? Yeah. A and even though we can't do that now, there's other things. Well, even last night, we, the kids were out of the room for 20 minutes and we had watch a watch a really scary thing <laughs> well, and then they won't want to be in there with no, you. But even before that, <laughs> you know, we had the fireplace going. So I was lighting the fire. We were both sitting on the couch. There was no kids in the room. And Danielle was doing her, we were just sitting kind of, you know, close to each other on the couch. She's doing her Instagram stuff. And I had my guilty pleasure. I'm playing SimCity on my iPad. We both uh -huh. had a glass of wine. And we're just kind of next to each other, not even talking to each other too much. Yeah. But it was just a very nice, calm setting. Yes. And I, I even said to her, like, isn't this nice? 
Like, is it this, like, I, I just feel so good right now. Like mm-hmm. we're just with each other doing what we do and not a care in the world. And we're enjoying wine, enjoying the fire, enjoying what we like to do. And we had like 20 minutes of that. Mm-hmm. And that was great. For yeah. Like- <laughs> I, uh, yes, that. And I know that you can't, you're like, when you have three kids who are teenagers, and so they're all over the place, you can't plan those moments. But when those moments show up, to really be aware of them and to really sink into them and say to each other, this is nice. I am really enjoying this moment with yeah. you so that you're both aware of it and you're connecting in it. That can be really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was really good. And I do think like we play pool together a lot and we'll do it with the kids and everything. It's something that we, it, it bonds us. It connects us. It makes us think about, we've been playing pool together since we were 21 years old. Like it brings, you know, if there are things that we can do, maybe it's a game, you know, maybe it's Monopoly, who knows, but just, mm-hmm. but I do think we also have to give ourselves, like you said, you know, some grace for this time period. Yeah. That it's just, it's unprecedented. I mean, we, I, it just, it is. It's, this is hard. There is no easy way through this. Anybody who tells you that they have a way through it that that makes it, you know, sunshine and rainbows is lying to you. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get your money. Yeah. This is hard. We need to allow it to be hard. We need to acknowledge that it's hard. Mm -hmm. And hopefully when it's done, we'll like make up for lost time and Yeah. I mean, I keep seeing that thing going around saying the last time a pandemic ended, there was the roaring twenties. Who knows what's going to happen in the the 2020s. Right. Yeah. But then prohibition happened. So fuck that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I wanted to talk about all these kink stuff and fetish stuff. Yes. But um, I think we might need to like record again and do it. Okay. Like, yeah. That, that would take a while and we're, an hour in. Yeah, already. but so we're going to put something on the calendar. I'm going to email you or text you or whatever, and we're going to put something on the calendar to do that because I really want to talk about that. Okay. Um, but I mean, thank you. This is, I, I think even just if, if couples listen to this together, I think Adam might have heard some stuff during this episode that he didn't even really maybe realize mm. about how I'm feeling. No, no. He's like, no, I didn't learn shit. <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. of course. No, no, of course. Adam's never going to admit. <laughs> but if even if couples listen to this together or you have your partner listen to this and just to know that what we're feeling, you know, it, it's so complicated and that right now we need to give each other, first of all, some grace, also ourselves some grace. And also we need to step up for our partners a little bit and realize mm-hmm. that in a lot of ways they're not getting what they usually got. Uh, no, know, I think, for, you know, like, for, you know, from the guy's perspective, no, did I learn anything? Not so much only because I do this podcast and we talk about this stuff all the time and I, we, we've been through, you know, this, but I think if there are guys who are listening, they are definitely learning a lot of things that I've learned since we started this podcast. So I think it's very important for people to listen to this, especially together. Well, we need to follow through on some of those things. What do you mean? We talk about them all the time, but I, and I think a lot of times as couples, we talk, as we talk about them all the time, we need to follow through with them. We need to do them. I need to do what Gary John Bishop was saying. I need to get out there and actually, if I feel like I need to be complimented, maybe I need to be, like you said, I need to be complimenting you more. I need to be more 
recognizing in myself what I'm not doing rather than putting it all on you. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) You just scored a gold star. (laughs) Now I can be nice to you. So, um, yes. And Danielle, uh, if you don't mind me pimping my own stuff for a minute. (laughs) I would love you to pimp your own stuff. So you are saying that you, one of the things that you're missing is that reinforcement you get from your girlfriends that is so important to you. Um, Something I'm doing now are these PJ parties and I have one coming up on January 28th. Oh, that's so fun. It's, it's on zoom. It's two hours and it's just literally girl talk for two hours, talking about sex, uh, talking about relationships. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) You can wear your PJs, bring your wine. I'm going to be Yeah. Um, and, and so that you really to get that feeling of just being with your girlfriends, even mm-hmm. if it's all women, you don't know, or mostly, if no, that's, best friend, that's fine. So fun. Yeah. Um, but I think we really need that right now. We need to reconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's hard. And I mean, I love my friends and I see them on text or they'll stop by in the backyard for a little while, but it's not the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard for us, uh, who those of us who need that time. So I love that you're doing that. All right, we'll put all that information on Instagram. Check our Instagram. Right. I'm going to do a Friday Five this Friday um, to, to sort of let, give people ideas of how we can just even a little bit reconnect because yeah. it's important. Um, and I'm going to – maybe you can help me with that. I would but, love to. Um, oh, we love you, Leah. Thank you. I love so, you too. So much. And we're going to put, um, I know people were really hoping for us to do the kink and fetish stuff. So I really want to put um, a date on the calendar. I'm going to let people know when that's going to be. And we will Great. talk about that. Okay. So where, awesome. So where can they find you, Leah? Okay. So uh, my podcast is Good Girls Talk About Sex, where I interview women about their sex lives. Danielle, you were a guest way I back was. in the early days. I was. If you want to go and look for my episode. Yes. So um, and uh, the episode that you mentioned earlier, where I talk about my pandemic sex life in, in some more detail, will be coming out, I think, in about a week and a half. Um, it was great, and- you said. It was very reassuring for, I mean, as oh, for those of us, especially on SSRIs, I know what that's like to, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at Good Girls Talk. And my website is leahcarry.com. And you do individual coaching. I do individual coaching. With me and Adam, although it's, we, you know, it's not, which I guess it was about us, but it's also about people in general. You do individual couples coaching and you make everybody feel so comfortable. So what a gift. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. We love love the two of you. We love (laughs) you. We'll talk to you in a few weeks. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, Leah. Bye. Bye.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 